Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry and ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, they've had eight top ten hits, including Lost in Love, I'm All Out of Love, and Even the Nights Are Better. Air Supply has sold over 100 million albums worldwide for one of the first Western bands to tour China and Taiwan, and they were recently inducted into the Australian Recording Industry Hall of Fame and are currently on the Billboard Hot Dance Club play chart with their new single, Desert Sea Sky. Graham Russell, songwriter, guitarist, and the Harmony with Air Supply joins us now to talk about the hits, the harmonies, and what makes a good love song. Their new singles, Desert Sea Sky, Graham Russell's here with Air Supply. Welcome to the show, Graham. Thank you. That was a great introduction. Very cool. (laughs) Thanks. It's so nice to have you with us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Well, congratulations on the new single, Desert Sea Sky. So you're on the dance club chart. So how did that come about? Well, you know, I had the song and we we recorded the song and it sounded great. Uh, But then uh, our publicity person heard it and said that would be a great dance song. So Mm. he got in touch with uh, the wide boys in England who remixed pretty much everything that's on the charts right now and uh, they did a remix of it and sent it back and I just loved it you know so we put it out and then you know it's kind of doing really well for us we're very very pleased yeah that's really exciting and it still has the signature harmonies too it does yeah and that's one thing I was uh, not worried about but I insisted that that the harmonies be because that's who we are that's our trademark exactly Uh, but you know it's opening up a whole new genre for us which is which is great because I've loved dance music for years, but I've never thought that we could cross over without coming in for some flack, you know. Sure, Mm -hmm. yeah. And are you running into any of that flack or not? No, not at all. People are really very surprised. I mean, it's one of our encore songs live, and people just stand and go, oh, wow, what's this? And yeah. But they really get into it. It's it's a fabulous uh, change for us, and, and I love it because I've loved dance music for so long. Oh, yeah. It's so neat to be able to continually reinvent yourself, too. It is, especially for us after so long. I mean, you know, we're the love kings of the world. And right. It, it's not that we want to shake that handle, but uh, we do a lot of other things as well, but we're more known for that. Sure. So we obviously don't want to lose that. But it's nice to branch out a little and give people a taste of our live show because live, our show is very different than what people think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In what way? Uh, it's rock and roll and it's okay. very loud and it's very passionate and it hits you right in the chest. Okay. And it's very much an audience participation show, believe it or not, even with all the love songs. Uh, you know, we go out into the audience and we play in the audience and the people are very surprised that we do that but uh-huh. we do it we've always done it it's just a very engaging show but it's rock and roll it's not two guys up there with acoustic guitar you know okay. yeah now you're the songwriting part of the duo and you started writing songs as a teenager so have you always written with harmonies in mind Yes, I love harmony. I grew up with the Beatles, of course, as many people did. And so that was my introduction really to music. When I was very young, six and seven, my parents always had on the BBC. So I was exposed to classical music and Frank Sinatra and Elvis, Mm -hmm. great songs and great vocals. And then when the Beatles came along with all their harmonies, I just was, wow, okay, this is what I love to hear. And I 
I've always loved harmony, you know. Okay. It's just, there's something about it that's just, as soon as you hear it, you just melt, and it's just so engaging, you know. Well, we would agree with that totally. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you do after that introduction, yeah. Russell Hitchcock is the lead voice, and you guys met in a production of Jesus Christ Superstar. When did you realize you guys had that blend? Well, you know, we were in Superstar, and once the whole choral ensemble sat down together for the first time, there was 35 people, and they all sang at once. And when I heard that, I went, oh, my God, it just sounded incredible. I've never heard anything like it. Mm -hmm. And then I started to pick out the really great voices, and I could never get past this guy with the big afro called Russell Hitchcock. The thing is, we were the only two people in the show that didn't know anybody, and we didn't know each other before we got there. Kind of like when you go to a new school and you don't know anybody, you kind of stick to yourself and stay in the shadows. Uh Well, Russell and I were both in the shadows, and then once we got talking, we realized we both loved the Beatles. We were born in the same month, and we have the same name. So there was something going on there on a universal level, we felt. And once we started to sing together, backstage between shows, we'd sing Beatles songs because he was sat right next to me in the boys' chorus room. And so we became good friends and just started to sing together, and it just sounded so good. You had that blend just from the start. It was Completely natural. From the very first, yeah. And the funny thing is, we never plan who's going to sing what harmony. Okay. It's never done by design. When I bring a new song, I'll sing the rough of it, and he'll say, oh, I I should sing that. And he'll sing it, and I just go wherever I need to go. And we never say, you sing this, or you sing the third, or you sing the seventh. It just happens. It's a great way to create music. Very organic. It it just falls in. It just falls into us, you know. Uh You've got it tuned to the Mulberry Lane Show, and right now we're talking with songwriter Graham Russell of Duo Air Supply, and they have sold over 100 million albums. Rumor has it that you guys have never had a fight. Is that true? That is true, yeah. We never have. Russell's a very gentle person, and we're quite opposite, you know, uh, in fact. I mean, I love nature. I'm a a bit of a loner. I live on the top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere. Russell lives in Atlanta in in the middle of the city, you know, and he likes to watch TV. And I like to go out hiking, you know. Mm -hmm. He's not very tall, and I'm really tall. But uh, we get on great. And I think together, obviously, we make up the the whole of air supply, but we bring different things to the equation. I'm the songwriter that would never want to be a lead singer, uh-huh. and he's a lead singer that would never know how to write a song, so we get on perfectly. Also, you've respected each other's differences. I'm, we do. We uh-huh. have a great respect for each other. You give and take, you know. Okay. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you just give. And when you do give to people, you get in return automatically, you know. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Lost in Love was kind of the song that put you on the charts here in the U.S. Yeah. And Clive Davis was the one who heard that and brought you guys here. So what was working with Clive Davis like? Well, Clive was fantastic. And the fact that we came into his radar was, once again, completely by default. You know, Lost in Love was a hit in Australia in 78, two years before it was released in the U.S. You know, it had done its thing. It was a big hit. But we still wanted to get back to the United States after touring with Rod for six months. We were in Australia. We were broke. Mm -hmm. We had the number one record, but we were still broke. (laughs) We couldn't afford to do any live shows because in those days you had to rent your own PA. Okay. And so we were losing money if we did shows. So we didn't do shows. But some 
somehow the record found its way to Clive's desk, and I have no idea how. He bought the single and put it out, and we didn't even know. Oh, my gosh. I was in the south of France trying to sell some songs at a convention, and I had food poisoning. I was broke. I picked up a free copy of Billboard magazine, and I looked on the front. There was a ticker on the bottom. It said, Lost in Love, Destined to Go All the Way. Oh, my And then I gosh. thought, oh, my, that's, that's my look. Another band has got a song called Lost in Love, you know. And, <laughs> so you uh, didn't even know it was your song. No, I didn't. But it said, turn to page five. And I turned to page five, and there's a picture of Russell and I. And at that moment, my whole world changed. And I knew then that we would be around for a long time. We had the experience and we had the fortitude to do whatever we needed to do. And so, you know, we met Clive two or three weeks after that. I went back to Australia uh, via New York and I met Clive because I wanted to know if it was for real. Right. <laughs> and so we sat down, we had lunch in his office and... I was just enthralled by all the pictures in his office, of, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, Janis mm -hmm. Joplin, Bob Dylan, everybody. Yeah. Wow. And he said, you've got to get out of here and make us an album because Lost in Love is going to go all the way, you know. So we already had the album in the can in Australia, so we were ahead of everything. And on that album was Chances and All Out of Love and all the oh. other stuff, you know. So we were ready to go, you know. And we learned so much about show business and about the record industry from Clive, you know, about do this, you do that, you give and take again, you know, oh, and, yeah. and so we did. And we had, you know, a lot of big hits and a lot of them would, you know, Clive was behind every one of them. I don't know how we hooked up with him, but if had we not, I don't know if we would have had the, the success that yeah, we did, yeah. you know. It's amazing. So are you able to point to the one piece of advice from Clive that has meant the most to you? Well, yes. You know, as a songwriter, I, you know, I take great pride in my songs. And Clive said to me, he said, you know, whatever you do, when you start any recording anything, the song has got to be great. He said, you can't make a bad song good, but you can make a good song great, uh -huh. you know. So mm -hmm. I always, Russell and I both, when I come with a 20 new songs, we sit down either with a piano or just a guitar, the two of us, and we go through them all, and they have to stand up on their own merit without saying, oh, yeah, this will be great with strings, and yeah, this will right. be great with drums and bass. Uh -huh. You know, they've got to be fabulous right there and then, even okay. when you hardly know them. And the songs do. Usually they do. But if they don't, I'll go, no, that one's not right. Okay, that one's so you not know. right. Yeah. But you handpick them all, you know. And you mostly agree, the two of you, in that process? Yeah, we do. I mean, Russell leaves a lot of the, the musical stuff with the band to me. I produce the albums. I book all the studios and musicians, and I arrange everything like that. And Russell likes to, he likes to come in and sing. Okay. He doesn't want to do anything else. And I must say, I'm a great believer in the fact that if you do what you're really good at, it'll be great. Uh -huh. Russell is a great singer, and I like to consider myself uh, an above-average songwriter, and that's what I do. I'm very good at manipulating words and songs and uh -huh. things. Russell's a great singer, and together we create this great wall of strength, you know. Right. So you play on your strengths, really. Yes. I, as a songwriter, I'm very confident. I'm not nearly as confident as a singer. I'm not a singer. I'm not really... A, 
a guitar player. I don't play any lead guitar. I'm a rhythm player. Okay. And I play decent piano. Uh -huh. But I'm a really good songwriter. And uh -huh. I know that, you yes. know, after 50 years, <laughs> if I wasn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. right. There's a lot to be said for that because I think a lot of people in their lives, they like to become pretty good at a lot of things instead of just yeah. like really focusing on the one thing they're great at. Yeah, I think that's very positive. Over the years, I've written a couple of string arrangements for certain of our songs. And so I'll go to the people that I love, and, you know, very popular mm -hmm. people, and I'll say, will you do a string arrangement for me? And they'll say, yeah, I'd love to. So if you've got the best of everything, it has to be good in the end, you know, yeah. providing that you like what you're hearing. You right. Know. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Bringing it to you, we're here with Graham Russell of Air Supply on the Mulberry Lane Show. Straight ahead, more with Graham, and he tells you what makes a good love song. Keep it locked right here.